Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, January 18th. 731 Mountain Time, which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, your host, joined by, as always, good friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, uh, welcome in. I see you were uh, you were pulling double duty yesterday. Yeah, this is three times in about 24 hours. Broncos country is going to get sick of me. Not that it takes that long. You know, they were probably pretty sick of me by about 932 Eastern yesterday. Um, morning, I mean. <laughs> AM. But, uh... At- I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to be back. I love talking football. I love this uh, Love this community. Yeah, guys. Well, let's say hello to everybody that's joining us right now. We got Ethan's in the house. Good morning, DWI guys. Good morning, Jensen Broncos country. Colin Wood's in the house. Good day. So should we hire the 49ers beat and be even worse? Uh, the guys, the 49ers beat and be even worse. Uh, I mean, Bill Belichick just got embarrassed by uh McDermott and Billy Bean with the Bills. Would you not take Bill Belichick? I said uh, one game sample size there, Colin. I don't. I wouldn't make too much of that one game. I also don't know if the coordinators were embarrassed. Scott, good yeah, morning, Scott. <laughs> uh, we all got Luke Wrights in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Scott, when are you going to the Senior Bowl? Uh, I put a question mark in there for because I think it's the thirty first, but it's the Monday. the The Senior Bowl is the first week of February, and I'm going to go down that Monday night. Practice starts on Tuesday, so I think the plan is. Uh, we'll do Broncos for breakfast Monday morning. I'll motor on down to the Senior Bowl in Mobile. A drive, that's a drive for me. Uh, we'll do a huddle up pod that night. We'll do a Broncos for breakfast Tuesday before the Senior Bowl, and then we'll uh, we'll figure it out from there. But we'll definitely we'll be doing live stuff uh, on here on my channel from the Senior Bowl uh, on um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Yeah, this is probably going to be the biggest senior bowl for the Broncos since the 2018 one that had the likes of Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, uh, just given the volume of quarterbacks there and the Broncos picking at nine and not a lot of teams above the Broncos seemingly in at quarterback. I'm not advocating for quarterback at nine, quite the opposite, but it's uh, it's going to yeah, be a the, big one. The one I see the most is the Panthers. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Use a, I think there's six. Go ahead, use a six pick. Use your six pick on another on a quarterback. Keep keep pouring good money after bad in that quarterback position. Yeah. Um. I mean, I know you've got to have one, but roll with Sam Darnold for a year and just suck it up and yeah. use that pick on somebody else. You saw what I did in our mock. You know, I yeah. went another corner, and that was again. Admittedly, I forgot that J.C. Horn was possibly coming back, but if Derek Stingley's healthy, he's still worthy of a top ten pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, they have uh, CJ Henderson as well over there, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the six pick. The Giants are another team that may be interested in a quarterback position with the regime change going on there, but we'll see. Uh, we got Klee coming in saying another meaningless head injury in the game last night. Uh, I won't lie to you. I turned the game off about halfway through. I was like, I got better things to do. And, I turned uh, it off at that play. That I, play? Uh, I saw it. He went down. My son and I were watching. 
And Frank, I've been brainwashing him for baseball since uh, birth, literally. Um, and that's the kind of play I would show him when he was little. Not that play in general, but you know, anytime a player was getting pulled off the off the field, I'd be like, "Oh, look, man, it's football." Um, you know, and then I'd turn on baseball highlights. You know, he's two walking around playing with his cars. I'm like, "Wow, look at this home run! Yay!" That was one of those. And Buda Baker is such—I didn't realize it was him. I saw it. I saw oh, it yeah. come in hard and low. I saw him go limp, and I was like. I'm going to bed. I don't want to see this. Uh, I didn't realize that was Buddha, who was just a wonderful person. Um, and, and and I saw the tweet that he was he was doing well. So that's good news. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets yeah i did see that he got injured didn't know it was a head injury but uh good to see he's playing well one of the better safeties in football uh, yeah, it was in the house. running play, swing left. He comes in, they go low, and he hit and just went down limp. You know, rolled Scary. over and was you know almost with a twitch. You, yeah. He had movement, you could tell, because but it was. I'm like, he's done. His 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 season's over. I mean, win or lose, he's he's done for at he's least done. another week. Yeah, well, praying for a speedy recovery. But NFL is better when good players play, and uh, he's he's one of the better safeties out there. One of the more unheralded guys. Not unheralded in my book. EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you, EJ. Uh, always awesome to see you. We got Dave Glassman's in the house with the hearts. Always good to see you, Dave. JJ Johnson, good morning, Nick and Scott. And US Dave's in the house. Good morning, fellas. Jeremy's in the house. Happy Tuesday, Broncos fan. Mike Woodward, good to see you, Mike. Uh, Travis Tarbox is in the house. Morning, fellas. Sorry I missed yesterday. Went home sick. Oh, hope you're feeling better. Yeah. I'm better today. Good. Yeah, and Travis was our first stars of the day. So appreciate you getting the ball rolling. The the opener, the opener, Travis. So thank you so much. Darren Hole right behind him there. Keep picture of the dog, Darren. Um, looks like a golden retriever. So that one's tugging my heartstrings. Uh, Miguel coming in, I'm sure with stars because Miguel always gives stars. Good morning, guys. Arthur over on Twitch. Patrick Doyle's in the house. Clint Ashworth. Clint's been joining us more and more. Good to see you, Clint. Good morning, fellas. Congratulations to Von Miller on the playoff win. Forever a Bronco. Uh, do you think there is a possibility that Von Miller will be back in Denver next season? Yes. You do? Okay. I mean, just a possibility. Yes. A good yeah. possibility. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but he's, if you go to spot rack and sort by free agents, he's at the top of the list for most expensive. He's yeah. going to need to take about a 50% pay cut at least. Yeah. Uh, I think he's in the 20 range and it'll just be up to him. He doesn't have to play anymore. Obviously he's made enough money that he he's yeah. should be set for life. I'd like to think that he's taking care of his money. Seems like a guy with, you know, national television spots and all kinds of stuff that he should be set for life. So it'll just be the right situation for him. And whether that's playing for a contender 
or playing for taking a, a discount to come back and play in front of the the fans that uh, he has adored and have adored him through the years. I think it's absolutely a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh what I did watch last night. Uh, he was very good. He flashed immediately. He is not the straw that serves to drink. It is number 99 on that defensive line who is generational. I, I don't even know. I mean, I know that a lot of people like to have a little bit rosy retrospection and hold things up in higher regard for what is the past. Well, uh, Oh man, speaking of you know retroflexion, I know this person. Yeah, it's been a bit. Poppy, good to see you, Poppy. We're just talking about Summit and the Golden Retrievers up in here. Uh, Good morning to Poppy. Hello, Broncos country. Hello, Poppy. It's been a while. Hope you're doing well. I know that you've had a uh, a rough couple months here with everything going on, but I've been thinking about you and good to see you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thanks for coming back and joining us. Poppy helped get us started uh, over the summer and was a regular, and I know. Just talking with Nick and some of the guys that, you know, had to step away. Well, we, we're glad you're back and we are hope you're doing well. And thank you for your continued generos- generosity. It has not been forgotten. That's for sure. Yeah, it's always good to see Poppy in the house. And uh, it's been a bit, but good again, good to see uh, Mike Woodward. Morning, Nick. Good to see you. Chris is in the house, too. So I'm um, sorry. I, I was I was I, I can't say rudely because I was greatly interrupted. Yeah. Um, and then I interrupted you. You were talking about Aaron Donald and the retrospect oh, yeah. and, you know, and, and that, and, you know, this is why Von Miller was acquired. Von Miller mm-hmm. wasn't acquired for the regular season. He was acquired to, Hey, coast coast, old guy. We give you guys days off. We give you guys plays off. We give you guys basically games off. Mm-hmm. Now we need you. Now it's time. Um, it's kind of the, I, 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 make fun of the long regular seasons and the lack of what they matter for, for good reason. But now it's time where the teams that are really good separate themselves. The bills are really good. The Rams are really good and they're stepping up. Can they turn it on uh, with veterans like that? Probably. Yeah, no, they're a heck of a team. Um, What I was going to say was Aaron Donald is probably, for my money, one of the best interior defensive linemen slash defensive players I've ever seen. Um, I know that there'll be some people out there, you know, Bruce Smith and et cetera, et cetera. For Bruce Smith played outside. Yeah, but just defensive line mm-hmm. along the line. I mean, yeah. I'm, Bruce Smith's a little bit more comparable than like uh, LT as far as the type and whatnot. But Aaron Donald, yeah, man, no, what he, he's doing Bruce, Bruce Smith and Reggie White were insane because they were that big and, and got that many sacks playing, you know, a, an end in a 4-3. Um, just, you know, again, if we look back at them, you know, there's linebackers that are 270 pounds now, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. that big, but when they were playing 270 pounds was big, you know, 300 was a nose guard. Yeah. Um, It, it, you know, you weren't dealing with 360, 370 pounders and you've got 270 pound outside linebackers. Uh, they, they were big, big ends, um, for, for guys that were racking up sacks. Yeah, maybe somebody like Joe Green, a little bit more comparable there. But uh, man, and what Aaron Donald's doing and what he's done for as long as he's done it has been insane. Um, I, I was of the belief that J.J. Watt's like peak seasons, those two or three years were better than Donald. But what Donald's done for seven plus seasons now is just it's different. He's he's a freak. He should have won defensive player of the year this year. Um, also, just for his impact. He also played like 300 more snaps or something insane than T.J. Watt, too. So not only is he impactful, but he's out there for play after play after play. He's you, know, you can disappear with, you know, you've, you've heard me talk about old guys before like Mark Gastineau. And I remember, you know, guys complaining about him. He'd get his ass kicked for, you know, 45 snaps. And then he'd have one sack and he'd, you know, go through the sack, the sack dance. 
Um, you know, but he'd be he'd be absent for 44 plays. Um, you can have a sack a game and finish with 17 sacks, and wow, that's awesome. But what are you doing on the other hand? T.J. Watt's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. But the sacks don't tell the whole story. Um, if you only have 17 sacks for the whole season as a team, though, 17 sacks from T.J. Watt would look pretty good. And oh, yeah. uh, yes, there was a team that only had 17 sacks all year. Yeah, everyone drink. Uh, the DWI guys coming in, 50 pounds. Uh, the pound sign. I'm starting to get the pounds and euros down. The contribution to the Higher Hackett Fund. Thoughts on Kingsbury's future? Well, thank you very much, Ethan, for your support on that Higher Hackett Fund. Thoughts on Kingsbury's future? He's gonna. I mean, he's still gonna stick around. The Falcons got really hot uh, this season. Early on. I think they, excuse me. The Cardinals got really hot. They started off seven and zero this season, and Kyler Murray is a good fit for what he wants to do. But he's gonna have to find some different tricks in his bags uh, going forward as far as how they move the ball. Once DeAndre Hopkins went down, that offense kind of grinded to a halt and you, you got to figure out different ways to move the football. It can't just be Kyler Murray has to play God mode or our offense is sunk. So maybe that's investing a little bit more in the offensive line, figuring out how they can get a run game that isn't just through Kyler Murray uh, to protect the offensive line and protect your quarterback. But uh, he, again, Kingsbury's got to figure something out because Kyler Murray is too talented to, leave him subjugated to that simplified of an offense and those many hits. Yeah. They had a, you know, just looking through, looking through the, uh, the numbers. Cause I want to see what is, what has he done with that team? Uh, Arians had a lot of success, but finished on a little bit of a down run, you know, seven and eight, eight and eight. And then uh, Wilkes, I don't even know who Wilkes is. Honestly, help me out here. Wilkes was hired. Uh, he was there with the Josh Rosen tenure. He might've only been one year. Yeah, it was, it was, and they were three and thirteen. So Kingsbury five and ten, eight and eight, eleven and six. Yep. For those of you listening, I went up, 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 up the ladder. He'll be just fine. Yeah. He, he, that's that. That's taking a team in the right direction. Whether he ends up being the guy or not, he's got the team headed in the right direction. Two years of solid improvement. Uh, eleven and six this year, and you got beat by uh, the team that a lot of people. We're picking to make the to make the Super Bowl to be the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. Okay, okay. Yeah. What's the what's the overall direction of the team? As long as that up arrow, that arrow is still going north. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy as a, as an executive of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and uh, the Cardinals general manager had his bacon saved by moving on from Josh Rosen, bringing in Kyler Murray, and bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. So uh, I think there's probably a little bit of gratitude and he's probably going to protect cliff for that reason because that'd be another head coach under this general manager's regime so wants to get it right with this one i would assume leroy williams coming in good morning guys do you think peyton is trying to lure both kellen moore and dan quinn to denver i think that is very unlikely uh to bring both those guys here they have to have some sort of movement up the scale to be available to come over and i don't think that you could offer kellen moore or dan quinn anything more than a head coach, and you only have one spot for them. Yeah, and, and neither one of those guys are leaving. Now, if you have a player or a coach who is maybe uh, – who's uh, Hackett doesn't call the plays, right? So you're probably not – you're not going to leave Green Bay, but let's say he's doing really well at some place like Detroit or Jacksonville, and you, you want that guy who's not calling the play for the head coach at one of these lower tiers. So you might be able to say, okay, you're going to come here and you're going to get out from this guy's shadow and you're going to run the offense. Think from the college ranks – Think Kirby Smart, defensive coordinator for Nick Saban's Alabama team. Well, Alabama, Nick Saban's a defensive guy. Kirby Smart was never really gotten any credit for being as good as a coach as he was. 
because Nick Saban was there. So maybe you can pull somebody out from under a shadow like that. But one, it's the Cowboys. They can pay better assistant money than anybody else in the league. And two, he already is offensive coordinator. He's not going to come be an offensive coordinator unless he gets fired from somebody else. And and Quinn's not leaving the, the, the Dallas as a defensive coordinator for anything other than a head coaching job. So unless you're planning on trying to pull dual head coaches, you know, co-head coaches, uh, no way. Uh, it's it's got to be one or the other. Yep, not happening. Uh, would be fun, but not happening. Miguel coming in, I'm sure with stars here because Miguel's always coming with stars over on Facebook. So good morning to you, Miguel. Thank you so much for your continued support. Uh, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you. What right tackles will you guys be looking at at the Senior Bowl? Scott, I know we've talked a lot about quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. Have you started the prep on the trench play there as well? I have not. I haven't gone down there. I haven't gone into there and looked at, at those guys yet. Um, so I, I, I'll answer it like I, I answer questions when I'm scouting anything. When I'd show up at a game, people would say, who are you here to see? And I'd say, whoever shows up. You know, basically, I'm here to see every. I'm I'm here to find anybody. I might be there to get video on one guy, mm-hmm. but I'm there to see everybody. So, you know, I went down last year. Uh, I was just getting back into the business for the most part. I'd been on the admin side for so long, and I went down there totally blind, totally blind. Uh, which is kind of it can be a good way to do it because you're you're not biased by anything. Uh, I will not be down. I won't be going down there like that. I'll my preconceptions of things I want to watch. But the guys that stood out to me over the course of the week last year and the guys that didn't, I'm like, wait a minute. Um, quarterback from Wake Forest, Jamie Newman. People are talking about him in the first and second round. I wouldn't draft this guy. Didn't get drafted. Um, yeah. you know, so I went in there and was you know, was able to take the group think and throw it away, which I'm pretty good at anyway, because I'm kind of a a jerk anyway. <laughs> But um, I, I don't know the guys that are down there. I'm looking forward to figure to uh, figuring out. And Miguel, thank you for the stars. And I want to hit this one. It's not only is Michael, good morning, Michael, in Tucson, Arizona. Not only is Michael one of our most supportive community members, Michael just came in with gigantic stars today. Gigantic mm-hmm. stars today. So when we run through, not tonight, but tomorrow night, hopefully Chad will be back. I expect him to be back and healthy and be back on the show tomorrow night. We're going to go back through the 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 stars goal on Facebook. You're going to see a big jump. And one of the big reasons why is Michael Ranquilo. Ranquilo. So appreciate you, Michael. Thank you so much. Um, Mile High community showing uh, showing us the love today, and it makes me feel good. It's humbling. Very humbling. Yeah, thank you so much, Michael. Um, about the previous question, some right tackles to watch. Uh, the names that, just going over the rosters here, ones that I've seen that I'm curious to see the side-by-side. Side. And that's one of the things that's really nice about the Senior Bowl. The tape that you get from the actual games is should be the most impactful in your evaluation. But getting to see these guys' body types side-by-side side in a control environment, bang, 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 um, one rep after another, you kind of get an idea of the separation from some of these guys but that's i think that's especially true for quarterbacks i was really sad uh, a couple years ago last couple years we haven't get to watch the quarterbacks at the combine watching how the ball comes out of those guys hands differently just kind of seeing who belongs who doesn't belong with the arm talents uh discussion but some names here on the offensive line that stick out to me uh jamiri uh say salier uh georgia left tackle georgia yeah, Georgia left tackle. He might be moved around a little bit. Might end up being a guard. Might not have the length, but he's somebody who's got versatility. I thought he was solid at left tackle for them. So uh, he's one that 
We'll get, go early and get a shot somewhere. Uh, Darian Kennard was one of the better run blocking tackles in football this year for Kentucky. He might be moved into guard too, but I could see him playing right tackle. Uh, somebody who's gotten some late first round buzz. It'd probably be a day two guy, Max Mitchell from uh, university of Louisiana, who has developed some pretty darn good football players down there for the uh, raging Cajuns. Their head coach is now the head coach of the, uh, Florida Gators built up a really good uh, recruiting base there for the that Louisiana. Napier? Yep, Napier. Napier. Um, Billy Napier sounds to me like a basketball coach. I don't know why. He does sound like a basketball coach. He's done a good job with Louisiana. We'll see what he does in Florida, but Max Mitchell's a name to keep an eye on for the tackle position. Um, some other names to keep on. that. So that was on the American team. This is the national team. Uh, Central Michigan, Bernard Raymond. He is a former tight end from, he, I think he's from Australia, played tight end and then moved to tackle. So he's still kind of getting it together. He's a little bit older, but a great athlete. Um, I think he's very talented. You got Daniel Falele from um, Minnesota, who is six foot nine, 400 pounds. All right, um, you're boring me now. Ah, God, one more. Um, actually, two more. <laughs> um, Abram, <laughs> I, I really like uh, Luke Gadecki from Central Michigan. He's talented as well. The Central Michigan had two good tackles, actually. I think Luke Gadecki is a really fun one to watch out for. And then Trevor Penning um, from Scott's favorite school, Northern Iowa, favorite of the school for tackles. Trevor Penning's one who um, Scott and I talked about last God uh, last August being like, oh, we were like Spencer Brown. There's another Iowa, you and I, offensive tackle that's coming. Who's probably going to go even higher in Trevor Penning. So those are yeah, some of the Spencer names. Spencer Brown should for. have gone higher. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm still convinced there's no way he should have lasted to about pick 100 end of the third he should have been mid-second at worst yeah um and there's a lot of teams who took offensive linemen ahead of him that should be kicking themselves for it yeah. um and jeremy come in with a comment and uh i, I like this comment because uh i have a, a response for it i have a response for about everything but it says dan quinn with mike mcdaniel doesn't look too bad my worry is losing mcdaniel immediately after we have a decent offense it seems to be easier to find a good long-term dc than oc and this is a point that I've been making is, is for trying to build and sustain, I think it makes sense to go with the offensive guy because if you have success, you're going to lose the, the, the offensive coordinator from your team. But what was the first part of what I said, or second part? But if you have success, right now, you need the success more than anything. Right now, you would be, it's like people used to say, you know, that guy isn't worth a crap and he's going to leave you the first chance he gets anyway. Well, which is it? Because the only way he's leaving us is if he's where, if he's good and he has success. Yeah. So if it means you lose your offensive coordinator after a year, it means you had a good season. All right, why are we here? What are we doing this for? We're doing this to win. It's the same argument I have with Aaron Rodgers. People say, oh, I don't want him. He's only got two or three years. Man, if you're turning down Aaron Rodgers, why are we even here? If you're not, if you're not trying to win a Super Bowl, why are we here? Yeah, it might hurt you in year four or five, but that's that's a lifetime in football. Things yeah. can change immensely. You could draft a guy in the sixth and ends up being ready to go. It, things can change. If you've got a chance to win now, you take it. And if Dan Quinn is your best chance and he's able to bring in a good offensive coordinator and you lose him, it means you had a good year. Denver yeah. needs one of those. They haven't had one in a while. Yeah, uh, I agree with you 100%. All the points around. you got to take the... There are no guarantees, and obviously you would rather have a team that is set to win 15-plus years than 5-plus years, but mm -hmm. you can't get to the 15 without having the 5 first. So one step at a time, can't look too far ahead uh, in that in that respect. Chris Hernandez coming in, not looking too far ahead. We didn't forget about you, buddy, Chris. Good morning to you. Thank you for the stars. Morning, all. Watching these games over the weekend reminded me how pedestrian the Broncos' offensive plan was each week this year. Yikes. Was pedestrian. 
Um, that wasn't my main takeaway this weekend. My main takeaway is the Broncos are so far away at the quarterback position compared to most of these teams that unless you have an all-time schemer uh, on one side of the ball, like what Kyle Shanahan did with the run game, uh, you're just you know pushing pieces around uh, with no real positive end result. Well, and thanks for the stars, Chris. And I, I tie those together. Yeah. You know, the offensive plan is is pedestrian because of the the lack of quarterback play. Um, but would it be any better if you had a better quarterback or is it, you know, the the, the, the coordinator holding? It's a combination of both to me. Yeah. I think the quarterback play was at best mediocre and your offensive coordinator at best is mediocre. So at best, you're getting mediocre and you're not getting at best every week. You're getting less than their best every week, which was poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Not good enough to get it done. Um, I had a tweet that got some pretty big pushback this last uh, yesterday, which was surprising. I guess you can't really tweet and have nuance uh, these days, but saying that the Broncos might miss Vic Fangio's scheme uh, versus the Chiefs and the Chargers going forward. Uh, but not not Vic Fangio in general. Uh, he didn't have to do enough to get the to keep the gig, especially the offensive side of the ball, because he's the head coach. But you might miss his defensive scheme against those guys, even though they lost. Offense wasn't good enough. And that's true down the board. That's why Vic Fangio's gone. And that's why they're hiring or looking to bring in maybe a Kellen Moore or one of these uh, quarterbacks as well. Got to get the offense better. Jacob Foster coming in, supporting us over on Facebook. Good morning to you, Jacob. Happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for the support and uh, go Broncos. And also, if you have a question, Jacob, we th- thank you for the support. But the blank ones, you know, that feels like the you, that's just an IOU on our end. So if you have something you want us to get to, uh, please do. Yeah, and Travis coming in. Travis, I'm not I'm not ready for these yet. These will be good questions for me after Senior Bowl. Uh, the small school guys will get invited. We'll see how they show up. I really liked last year. Uh, there was a center at Grambling uh, that came and just fought his butt off last year. Loved the kid. Uh, there was an offensive lineman East, uh, from East Carolina. Ended up being a middle round pick. Quinn Miners was really good there. Uh, James Hudson, Cincinnati. All of these type guys. Um, but I'm not ready to to dive into. I, I haven't watched enough of the big schools at this point to say who are the small school guys uh, without just reading a list to you. Yeah, uh, I can't really think of anybody too small school that's sticking out to me. Um, I am excited to see some, having watched a lot of uh, the quarterbacks in this class so far, just to kind of get ready. I'm excited to see what Romeo Dobbs and Alec Pierce can do. Romeo Dobbs is at Nevada and Alec Pierce is at Cincinnati. Those were two of the big end receivers for Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter on the other end. And want to see what those guys can do uh, in this situation where they're not totally tied up to those quarterbacks if they still carry over. Because I'll never forget, you know, I this is when I was still kind of in my infant uh, side of evaluating quarterback play and whatnot. But I remember Christian Hackenberg his freshman year killing it and be like, oh, my God, Christian Hackenberg, this guy could be the next big thing. Um, little did I, I guess in hindsight, it's pretty easy to see, oh, he was just tossing up, you know, 50-50 balls to Allen Robinson, who was beating Big Ten defensive backs every time. <laughs> Maybe that's not translatable to the NFL. Well, uh, and Hackenberg had a nice group of stars next to him, uh, yeah. you know, coming out of uh, coming out of high school. Yep. So early success, nice recruiting rankings. It's yep. got to be a star, right? Well, aesthetically maybe. pleasing too. Maybe. Yeah. Yep. So Mark Schrader coming with some stars. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't because sometimes uh, people have trouble attaching their stars to a comment. So I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yep. So if you have any questions or anything, uh, I didn't see one. Uh, otherwise, you're just saying thanks to us. Well, thanks to you. So, but if you have anything you want to, that's on your mind, uh, throw it in the chat. We'll, we'll make sure we get to it. 
Yeah. So the main topic today, uh, we're talking about Dan Quinn and George or Dan Quinn and George Payton, as well as uh, Kellen Moore and George Payton. The interview is going to be today. Um, Denver contingency is flying out to Dallas to meet with these guys. Uh, any thoughts about the interview um, as we head towards it, Scott? Does this Cowboys game that we just saw with the 49ers have any sort of impact on the interview? Or is it is it one that's just kind of like we're going to put that in the rearview mirror and just talk about the the position as a whole for Denver and what these guys could bring to the organization. I'd be interested in, um, in how they react. Uh, you know, cause again, going back to Fangio, what I've seen, it seems like the two top candidates right now are Hackett and Quinn mm-hmm. are polar opposites personality wise, polar opposites of Vic Fangio. So the two words, I don't care who you bring in the two words I think that we can expect are culture change. Um, I, I want to know, you know, what's your what's your reaction? I would sit back and say, are you are you protecting your team? You know, what are the reasons for this? What could you have done? I'm not even going to ask you what could you have done better. I want to see if you're making excuses. Well, if our stupid quarterback, you know, wasn't you know wasn't didn't make a play, or our, our head coach made a mistake, or if I'd gotten this guy, um, you know, I want to hear I want to hear some accountability in the interview for for the game. Other than that, I'm not that worried about it. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a hot take guy. You were the coordinator of the number one offense in the NFL at 33 years old, three years removed from being a practice squad quarterback. You're doing something right. Um, Dan Quinn, again, I think of him being more important as a man manager and a recruiter of free agents to a certain extent than as his defensive scheme. He can come in and bring in a a guy defensive scheme. You know who is one of his latest defensive coordinators was um, for for the Falcons, which was Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris is – getting head coaching interviews again uh coming out of uh coming out of LA so with the Rams so for me with Quinn it's more about the culture change than the schemes and frankly that's kind of what I expect out of a head coach you know can you make the right hires can you inspire the the troops can you get people that want to play for you and people who want to coach for you can you get the best out of your team I'm not necessarily as concerned about the X's and O's from my head guy and you had a front row seat to the Quinn era in Atlanta. What what went wrong? What what Quinn what with Quinn went wrong that you think he should learn about and grow from in that Atlanta experience that he can apply then to his next head head coaching gig? Because um, he, he needs to be more careful with his hires. Uh, the, the stuff that he could control. Um, his downfall was hiring Steve Sarkeesian the the year after uh, that Shanahan left the year after the Super Bowl. So you go to the Super Bowl with the number one offense. And you hand it to a disgraced former college coach who had never been a coordinator in the NFL. Big mistake. Then you didn't fire him. He engineered the biggest loss of a number with the biggest drop off from a number one offense in the history of the NFL. That's Falcons football for you. Um, Sarkeesian. So fire him. <laughs> he is, to, to be fair, they bounced back and had a better second year. But this wasn't a team that you're like, okay, we're going to bring in a guy and implement a plan. This was a team coming off a Super Bowl that still had everything in place. Yeah. You needed experience there. You needed to, you needed to go better than a, a rookie head coach with a checkered, a, 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 a rookie offensive coordinator with a checkered pass. Yeah, well, uh, Quinn has been known to be loyal to his guys as well, which is to a fault. Good. 
to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one here that I think is interesting is uh, Quinn has a relationship with 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel talk about a little bit of a checkered past. Uh, he had issues with alcohol consumption and whatnot, uh, there'd be meetings and he'd have open or empty you know, vodka bottles at his desk and whatnot. And uh, Quinn pulled him aside and said like, this is, you, you need to get things right here. You're too talented and uh, too good of a person for this to be happening. Uh, and my understanding is, uh, Mike McDaniel then went to a facility and got everything kind of going in the right direction. Thanks in large part to Quinn. Um, and Quinn has a large uh, reason for Mike McDaniel still being in the league right now and having everything going on. So uh, there's a reason that Mike McDaniel is being connected to the offensive coordinator position with Quinn is because those two guys have a, uh, a history together. And uh, it does seem like that is one position where Kyle Shanahan, given how close he is to Mike McDaniel might actually let Mike McDaniel go is because of the relationship and how like, personal that relationship is between Mike McDaniel and Dan Quinn. So, uh, you know, you can talk about Dan Quinn, the schemes, which I'm not a big, super big fan of the super blitz heavy uh, schemes where you're playing single high. I think that is a recipe for disaster unless you have, you know, the no fly zone out there with three man cornerbacks, but that's a totally different combo. Uh, But as far as the leadership goes, I think that you are getting somebody who knows what they're doing, has some conviction. Uh, People will rally around and there'll be some belief in that locker room again, not to be too Ted lasso but kind of believe and believe bringing that back to uh, Denver, which they've had for, or which they've been missing since gosh, maybe Gary Kubiak, uh, but maybe the first year of Vance Joseph even. Well, and, and like I said, my, the, 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 one of the criticisms of Quinn when he was in Atlanta, that he was too conservative. And part of that had to do with personnel because some of the stuff that wasn't in his control is Thomas Dimitrov treated the Falcons as if he was the agent of Matt Ryan. I'm going to pay you as much money as I possibly can, and I'm going to draft nothing but receivers for you. Uh, And maybe I'll throw in an offensive lineman here or there. Defense, we've got a defensive head coach. We don't need defensive players. Um, So as far as his schemes go, I think that's adjustable. I wouldn't worry too much. Like, I don't like the way he runs this, the way he runs that. I think he's, he's adjustable in that manner. But again, for me, the head coach, I'm not necessarily hiring a head coach for his schemes. That's what my coordinators are for. That's why yeah. I go and get the right coordinators. I might have, I've got a plan and I want to help you implement it. Or I recognize this plan works. I want you to implement it here. But for me, the head coach should be inspirational and mm-hmm. he should be the, the the one that people want to work for that attracts the best talent, not just from uh, the player point of view, but from the coaching point of view and gets the most out of them. That's, that's a head coach for me. Now, is Dan Quinn that guy? Maybe. Maybe he is, um, but I'm not. I'm not overly worried about schemes for my head coach, honestly. Yeah, I uh, I want them to be flexible. I want them to have answers, and I want them to understand directions of the game currently and implement things that be cutting edge, but also see what's working in the league and what's not working in the league, uh, specifically to your opponents as well. And I tell you, I'm going to be pulling my hair out, Scott, if he comes in and just runs cover three, like the Raiders have done against the chargers and the chiefs, because that's how you get 50 hung on you. Those teams just have too much talent. Um, then know how to play cover three defenses to Quinn's credit. We didn't see that as much from Dallas this year, but I don't think running a five-man pressure front constantly against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, given what their numbers are versus the Blitz, is a good idea. I think that's a recipe for getting beat. And if you're going to get beat, I guess go get beat your style. But um, I don't have confidence in that specifically. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously, things could change with a different defensive coordinator. Uh, Clint Ashworth coming in here. Who would be a better fit for the Broncos, Moore or Quinn? Um, 
Right now, I think Quinn makes the most sense just because I, I'm looking for stability, somebody who's been there before. Uh, I think that's especially true with a new ownership situation coming in here, having a head, not a first-time head coach or the first-time owner. Uh, that way, the especially one like Quinn who worked with Arthur Blank, who's like provides every single resource needed. Quinn can be like, well, this is what Arthur Blank did for me. You should do this as well because that's what a good owner does. Um, but I think both of these guys are viable. I do have a little bit of concerns with uh, Kellen Moore. I think he is very smart. But with the weapons that Dallas had this year and Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper, and C.D. Lamb, the fact that the Cowboys were middle of the pack in ex explosive pass plays and as average as they were running the football as well scares me. Uh, they should have been more more explosive and more efficient on the ground than they were this past season with the roster they had on the Cowboys offensive line has stepped back. It's not that Cowboys offensive line where it used to be the best in the NFL, uh, but still they have too much talent on offense to be as average as they were. So that kind of scares me a little bit with Kellen Moore. My, my question on this is what are your goals for next year? If your goals for next year are to win it all, um, then I don't think Kellen Moore is the right guy. I think he's too inexperienced and too young. And he might catch lightning in a bottle and get lucky. You don't know. There, it's all a mystery. Um, if you're saying, okay, we've got a young core. We're not quite there yet, but we got a young core. We got a young coach. We're going to try and build this thing together and be there in three years where, you know, that's, that's where we want to be. Then, then Kellen Moore might be the right guy. Mm -hmm. um, like I've said before, if I want, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, Kellen Moore would be one of the top guys on my list. Uh, young coach, new regime, new everything. We need a fresh start. Uh, new quarterback, Kellen Moore. But if I'm the Denver Broncos and I'm George Payton, I think, okay, we are the right culture change away and the right quarterback away from making a run at this thing, making a real run at this thing and being a championship contender. I don't, I don't want Kellen Moore. I'd rather go with Dan Quinn. Yeah. The Broncos team does have pieces. No doubt about that. Uh, just that quarterback, man, everything, all roads lead back to the quarterback. If you're not good enough there, good freaking luck. And that's what we were screaming last off season when, you know, talking about the ninth overall pick moving up for a quarterback, maybe or taking one in the draft or trading for a Stafford or Rogers or any of that stuff. I mean, if you don't have one, you know, back to square one, uh, you can get all the pieces around those guys, but if you don't have a good enough quarterback, you're going to be right where we are, um, which is, I guess in purgatory, uh, the Broncos right now in purgatory <laughs> for the quarterback position. Miguel coming in, uh, Sutton, Patrick, Judy, and fan are all capable of being playmakers. Heck, you got Javante Williams as well. And, uh, I guess we'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon uh, and Alberto Guaybanam and some other, some other guys. The Broncos do have some weapons. Uh, KJ Hamlin, we'll see what happens next year with him. But uh, the issue is quarterback play and giving them a chance to make a play. Definitely that's an issue for the Broncos. Uh, the quarterback play was not good enough last season, hasn't been good enough since 2014, if we're going to be completely honest. But uh, hopefully it'll get better, right? Uh, I don't want to say nowhere to go but up because it can get worse. Um, we've seen worse than what we saw last year. But it uh, does have to get better if the Broncos are going to be serious in the AFC West. Albert has a question. I'm I'm still a believer in an opportunity for Drew Locke. Do you think there is a head coach for the Broncos that would use him? Um, now, my question about this on is, is your your phrasing. I don't think there is a head coach out there, a potential head coach out there that, that the the guys you're looking at. This isn't the draft. You don't get to choose. You've got to recruit. And I think there's going to be some reverse interviewing going on from your your candidates out there. What are you going to do for me at the quarterback position? I don't think there's anybody that wants to come here with Drew Locke as their only option. I just I just don't. I don't think he's got a good enough reputation where you can say, yeah, I want to come in. I want to be a first-time head coach, or I want to try and rehabilitate my career as Dan Quinn. Um, I'm Nathaniel Hackett, and I went from Aaron Rodgers to, to Drew Locke. I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think they're going to have the question, what are you going to do for me at the quarterback position? That said, he's going to come in with a fresh start. Drew Locke's going to come in with a fresh start. And the if, if he's still there, assuming he's still there, he's not some part of some trade package, he will have every opportunity. Opportunity is a key word, assuming you don't get a, a guy who's just obviously light years ahead of him, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, to prove to that guy that I can be your quarterback. So do mm-hmm. I think he, you know, is there one that would use him? There isn't anybody out there that's saying, Drew Locke's my guy, hire me. That's that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I do think unless you get a top-tier quarterback, without a doubt, with the bona fides, credentials, and everything, that Drew Locke has a chance to stake a claim to this job, and he will have a chance to stake a claim to this job, one that he had lost last year. Uh, yep. As a four and twelve quarterback under Vic Fangio, he lost that opportunity last year. For all the talk of comp of open co- quarterback competition, Drew Locke lost that job last year. Yep, yep, <clears throat> I agree with you. We'll see what happens there. Um, I guess the best chance for Drew Locke to be the starter next year is it's a similar season to this one. Broncos don't like any of the quarterbacks in the draft. They don't trade for a obvious go-getter at the quarterback position. They bring in an Andy Dalton type. They bring in a Marcus Mariota type, and then you have that quarterback of you know free agency that's cheap the, the kicked around the league versus a drew lock and best guy wins um that's probably not the situation you want to be in uh, as a fan because that means you're probably we're in this situation again in 2023 uh, almost regardless because drew lock is a free agent at the end of the next season but uh, it'll be it'll be rough um if that happens but drew's still young he's still here he still has one year of cost control he still has arm talent he still has some athleticism you can do much worse than Drew Locke. And I think over an 18 game season, uh, you're going to need your backup quarterback to play most times. I think we saw like 55 quarterbacks take snaps this year. That's almost every single quarterback playing or every single team playing two quarterbacks. So uh, you're going to need, you're going to need those quarterbacks. So the backup's still viable. And uh, that's why Drew Locke probably will still be here because uh, he does have talent and you, you need some talent at the quarterback position all the way down to your backup. So uh, real quick, a name just came across from Colin here. What is Peyton Hillis's connection to the Denver Broncos, or is there one? Uh, Peyton Hillis was a Bronco. He this is a team he was drafted by. I think in the fifth round, um, he was one of those running backs with uh, Felix Jones, Darren McFadden, with the uh, the Wild Hogs with Arkansas, and Peyton Hillis was here. And then the Broncos traded Peyton Hillis to the Browns. Okay, picture Peyton Hillis that you saw in high school, and it was the same guy. Uh, Peyton Hillis is one of my all-time favorite high school recruiting tapes I've ever seen. I think I actually wrote like an ode to the fullback, uh, like a haiku poem that I wrote. Uh, I don't remember what it is, but um, there were two guys and Peyton Hillis was a top guy. And Peyton Hillis was like the first time I'd ever put a fullback on my All-South team um, <laughs> when I was doing uh, doing recruiting rankings because Peyton Hillis was just nasty. Like I said, picture him. Picture him as a Bronco, then put him into a, a, a small school. And I think he was from, I think he was from Arkansas um, yeah. in Arkansas or somewhere around there. And his, uh, his high school recruiting tape, I might still be able to dig it up. I should, I should find it. Uh, it was, was one fun. of the best I ever saw. Just diabolical was Peyton Hillis, the way he ran the ball. Yeah. No, he was uh, he was really good. Um, he ended up getting that Madden cover as well with the Browns. So uh, Peyton Hillis, fun, fun little ride. I think he was he's a little bit of a weirdo too. Yeah, he his main goal in life was to be an FBI agent. I think not to play football. He wanted to be in the FBI. Whatever, man. Yeah, you do you. God bless you. Somebody's got to do it, I guess. Um, but 
we are going to be getting out of here pretty soon. It's the off season now and uh, we'll have some more news coming in, but probably about another five minutes. So if you guys have any questions or anything, get them on in. Uh, Scott, any takes, uh, takeaways from this weekend in general for the Broncos from the football games, we talked about the quarterback plays or anything else that stuck out to you that like, this is something the Denver Broncos probably need to look into if they are going to return to this tier of football play i mean i know it's playoff football and the intensity ratches ratches up yeah. several notches but just the speed that the guys are playing and the passion that the guys are playing it was just like i said when we were after about the third loss in a row after six games i was convinced that these guys were done that they were just done playing for this coach and mm. what is my number one you know call it you know i've, I've mentioned bias all the time what, what are your biases we're all biased well one of mine is watching the Atlanta Braves and Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox was one of the best man managers in the history of sports. Guys loved to play for him. Um, Big Fangio, nobody wanted to play for that guy. And that's basically your main job when you're mm-hmm. talking about leading a team at this level where they try and engineer everything to be to, to be even. You know, we're going to... We're going to give you better draft picks and we're going to, if you, if these teams lose a guy, cause they want to go play for a better team, we're going to give them a draft pick. So they try and engineer parity as best they can. Uh, so it's not just about you know the recruiting and whatnot. It's about getting the best out of the guys you've got. And Fangio was just awful at that. Just awful. Um, yeah. and you, you see, you see the passion and the excitement. And I said, I said, that's what is going to return next year. No matter who it is, there's going to be fresh hope. There's going to be uh, new blood, new life, all all the good things you're looking for. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, I, I'm excited about this year too. I do want to, I guess, preach for patience with the fan base in general. Everybody wants the instant fish fix at the quarterback position, which I get because it's been a six long years, but I'd rather wait another year than make a decision that puts it to be another four years where we're talking 10 years without the quarterback because they picked the wrong guy. Uh, so that scares me a bit. Um, but my takeaway outside the quarterback position in this is the Broncos. They need to get a few more horses on the defensive line. Uh, almost every single game this weekend when those teams were trying to close out games, yeah, everybody's talking about Vic Fangio's defense not being good enough in the final moments, the four-minute drills, the two-minute drills. That's when your pass rushers win. Uh, you need a quarterback to win game. I think Bill uh, Bill Walsh said you need a quarterback to to put yourself in games and a pass rush to close out games. And uh, Broncos did not have anybody who could close out games really outside of Draymond Jones on that defensive line, and he's playing interior. So you really need some edge rushers. 49ers, Nick Bosa. I mean, oh my God, what a man possessed out there. Incredible. Trey Hendrickson for the uh, Bengals this week had an incredible game. Uh, the Bills were getting after it. Uh, Jerry Hughes, AJ Epinesa, Ed Oliver. Um, the Broncos do not, Broncos don't sniff these teams at the quarterback position. Uh, for a lot of these teams that won last week, maybe besides the 49ers, because I don't put much respect on Jimmy Garoppolo's name as a quarterback. But Uh, The Broncos are also in a totally different class as far as getting after the quarterback than these teams this year. So if you can't get the quarterback this year, you need to figure out something along the defensive line. And the last point game changers on defense. That's yes. And you don't, you don't have one right now at the edge position and heck even game changers. Like you had, I don't know if you see the graphic, which is pass rush win rate versus um, pass rush uh, double team pass pass rush, double team. Yep. Mm -hmm. That one Um, Broncos have two of the bottom three guys in football at the edge rush position in that graph. Malik Reed is the worst in both in the NFL, um, which is not good for a starter. Uh, so we got uh, Jess C coming in here. What are the outcomes? What outcome in the playoffs gets Rodgers wanting to leave Green Bay? Uh, I think you see an 
embarrassing loss versus the 49ers this week where they take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands again like we saw last season versus the Rams. If they do something like that where it's like, you know, it's third and two and they run it two times and, uh, you know, don't give Aaron Rodgers a chance to win and they get bounced in the first round, you might see uh, Aaron Rodgers get a little bit upset. Two scenarios. That's the first one. An embarrassing blowout where they feel like they're still a million miles away. Two, win it all. If he wins it all, I think that would actually be the more likely outcome where he says, I'm, I, I've, you're welcome, Green Bay. We came back. We talked about leaving last year. I came back for one more year. Here's your Super Bowl championship. Hmm. I'm looking, now, I'm, now I want to go get a new challenge. So, you know, yeah. I'm talking about like, oh, if he wins, he's not going to want to leave. I, I think the opposite. You've proven yeah. everything there is to prove in Green Bay. I want a new challenge. I'm a competitor. Yeah. Um, so I think the most likely scenario for him to want a move is winning it all. As strange as that sounds, I think I think that's the way it is. Uh, Michael, coming in with just huge stars again. This is a great show today on Broncos for Breakfast. Get your mugs at huddleuppod.com. Um, and appreciate you, Michael. And John Clay eventing coming in as well. Good morning. As always, you guys are my favorite team. Well, thank you. This is my favorite team. They play today. That's why I'm decked out. Uh, Chelsea's, Chelsea's got a match today. As always, you guys are my favorite team. If Quinn is a target, do you expect an announcement tomorrow? No, I think that'd be way too soon. Uh, I, I think you're going to want to go through due process. If he's got 10 interviews lined up, he's going to go through 10 interviews. Yep. Um, I don't know how far along we are. I don't feel like we've gotten through all of the, all 10 of those just yet. Um, no. So I think the guys that are still in the playoffs, he has interviewed. But I don't. I wouldn't expect that to happen just yet. There will be follow-up interviews for sure. There's, there's, you know, I'm. We're gonna have a meet and greet, and then I want you to meet some other people. It, not tomorrow. Uh, I do not think so. Yeah, no. The uh, two interviews today. You got both the Cowboys guys, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. Uh, Wednesday, they're gonna be going out to the East Coast. Two spots. They're gonna be in Boston to interview Jared Mayo, uh, linebacker coach for the Patriots, and then fly out to Philly to interview defensive coordinator John Gannon. Uh, Thursday, they're going to interview O'Connell and Callahan. Uh, that, those might be Zoom interviews, though. They're not sure exactly the sites of those yet. And Friday, they're going to interview uh, Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy. So uh, busy, busy, busy week for Peyton. And uh, maybe a week from now, we'll have an idea of who the Broncos I ex- coach will be. I expect them to get their interviews before a an announcement is made. Yep, I agree. Um, the DWI guys coming in here saying, confirmed Denver in 2021 will roll over, will be about $11.5 million. So as it stands now, they have a projected cap space of about 47 in 2022. One thing among others, Elway did leave this team in a good cap situation. Yes, he did. Good cap situation. Uh, the Broncos did a pretty good job. While the Broncos were not very good in the post Peyton Manning era, I did like a lot of the moves that Elway made as far as flexibility for this team. The only contract where I think he really, really messed up long-term was that Jawan James one. Um, which is unfortunate. But other than that, a lot of health uh, for the cap situation here and a lot of health as far as moving guys when your season's over, trading Demarius Thomas in season, trading Emmanuel Sanders in season, getting a pick for those guys and shedding cap space, giving yourself flexibility going forward. That's uh, playing for compensatory picks. Those are all things that um, put you in a better situation where even though the Broncos have not reached the promised land yet, they have the ability to make moves to get there, unlike some other teams where they have a boatload of dead cap without the excess uh, draft capital. Well, and, and not only, you know, no sell. What's worse is you've got a bad roster and, yeah. and no cap space. Not only are we bad, we don't have any money to fix it. That's yeah. a really bad situation. This is a good roster. And you've got let's let's call back to August, Nick, the the 
the ESPN grades where the front office for the Broncos got like a D yeah. or a C. I'm like, are you joking me? Come on. Just because they didn't draft your quarterback? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ethan, we appreciate you closing us out here. I think we're, we're just about done. Uh, leaving this game in a good cap situation and you've left us in a very good situation as well. So thank you so much, my friend. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, getting us the read out here. Make sure that we're not missing anybody here. want to give a shout out to Lawrence Rivera's in the house. Good to see you Lawrence. Um, but make sure we didn't miss anybody guys. That's going to do it for the show today for Broncos for breakfast. You can find Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Make sure you're following us both as the off seasons underway head coaching position. Scott's going to be down in mobile for the senior bowl. So a lot of good stuff on the horizon for the Broncos. You're not going to want to miss any. So make sure you're following Scott and I also follow us at huddle up pod as well as at mile high huddle. If you guys like the coffee mugs, if you like the, the Broncos for breakfast hat, uh, make sure you're going to huddleuppod.com and check out the gear there. Get your own coffee mug. Send us a picture on Twitter. That's always greatly appreciated. And and remember, as Nick said yesterday, mine's bigger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. We get, we have the ball reads are uh, in the rearview mirror. We might as well just leave those two. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash. to choose from. Two sizes. Two sizes, exactly. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, join us on there for the conversation. If you want to talk about the head coach, the quarterback, the, the pass rush, which is a, just driving me nuts for the Broncos, uh, get after us on there. If you are so kind and have an iTunes account, listen to podcast, go to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing, liking, and sharing to Mile High Huddle, where I will be back live again tonight for building the Broncos, and Scott will be joining us in the back as well. Um, and, uh, you know, continuing going forward, a lot of off season talk here. So make sure you're not going to miss any of it by subscribing, liking, and sharing here. Also subscribe, like, and share to Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Scott, any other comments that you want to, uh, you want to get to here before we roll on out? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think tomorrow on, uh, on my channel, I want to kind of go through the, the pro football focus grades, which will include the Denver Broncos with the number two ranked draft class. Mm. Um, rated draft class behind the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I want to talk about grading the Atlanta Falcons and their draft. Uh, Kyle Pitts, despite having a historic season from Kyle Pitts, they didn't do all that great. And then we'll throw in some comparisons and some players that maybe the teams should have taken at the same time. But we'll, we've been having fun over there, and we appreciate y'all that come over. And uh, as Ethan says, go Chelsea. That is three o'clock Eastern. If you got nothing to do, that's what's the what's the beauty of it. it's like. Oh, I don't want to watch soccer. So there's nothing else on. It's on, you know, they're on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings early. They're on in the middle of the afternoon during the week. Put on a game. It's over in 90 minutes. That's a long first quarter of college football. Yeah, no good time. Um, it'll be, uh, are they playing Tottenham? Tottenham? I think they're playing Brighton. I'm not positive. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I've actually, I, I haven't kept up with it as much as I normally do just because uh, I've been, you know, working this stuff so much. I know Broncos better than Chelsea right now. As crazy as that sounds to me. They are playing Brighton, so good call. Um, it'll be a fun one. It'll be fun uh, hanging out with you guys. We'll see you again tomorrow morning at Scott's channel. Uh, we'll see you again Thursday morning in front of the Broncos for breakfast. Until then, choose kindness, choose compassion. Have a good one, guys. Be safe. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>